Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Leviticus chapter 24, verses uh, 5 through 10. We'll look at that as well. Amen. It's been now a couple of weeks since we've been together. We are doing, if you're visiting with us this morning, a study on the tabernacle. We found that as God gave to Moses the design and pattern of the tabernacle, as uh, Many, many, many chapters from the Bible, something like 52 chapters all together, deal with a tabernacle in the Bible. And so we have found that God uh, had some principles, some uh, truths that he uh, invested in that tabernacle that as we study that, as we seek to, uh, seek to apply those principles to our lives, that that is, uh, there's some powerful understanding that comes from that uh, from that uh, tabernacle and so we've been uh, studying this for a number of weeks now and we uh, had a week off last week for a film uh, but before that we talked about the uh, golden candlestick and uh, before we go on this morning just to bring our minds back into the tabernacle what uh, what were some of the principles that we saw from the golden candlestick? What uh, what did that tell us about the role of the the church or something else that you have? Okay, that the candlestick was a was just that it was a candlestick uh, on a base, uh, and then there was uh, from that six branches this is how it is described not that just the whole thing as as a candlestick but uh, each with uh, the uh, the branches that came out this was not uh, fashioned and different molded uh, differently molded and then glued together it was all made out of one chunk we have uh, uh, the picture the six as a picture of man and then the seventh, uh, when they're all together, is the perfection that is there in our standing with Jesus Christ. And so this, uh, this candlestick was, uh, what was the function of this candlestick, Cindy? To give light. And what is light? What are we talking about when we talk about light? This a big Jesus grin? Is that uh, is that uh, bringing light? What's what is light, Victor? Okay, the gospel, truth. Okay, that's that's a function of it. Uh, light is more than just truth. It is truth. What? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Okay, we're talking about light, 
is uh, the revelation of God in reality. That light is not simply a, a Bible on your coffee table. Light is not simply the fact that, uh, that your church uh, has certain doctrinal things that it believes and, uh, and a certain doctrinal statement that it ascribes to. Uh, light is a revelation of God in reality. This is what uh, uh, this is what this is all about. Uh, is light is when the thing is made real. There, John three sixteen is is truth. But that comes becomes light when you and I believe that, uh, and we're born again. That's uh, that's when that comes to reality. It's it's real. It's true. It's God's eternal word. But God is not simply satisfied. God didn't give his truth for us to simply put it on a plaque somewhere or have it in a Bible in our coffee table. God gave that truth uh, to come to experience and truth uh, come to experience. Uh, uh, truth uh, made light is what we're talking about. And the facility for truth becoming light in the earth is the church of Jesus Christ. We find this picture in Revelation chapter 1 where the golden candlestick that is pictured there is a picture of the seven churches burning with the light of the revelation of God and reality. Truth becomes light through the local assembly. This is the teaching that we find in Revelation. And so this, is, this involves our witness in the earth. This involves our bringing the gospel to the lives of people. And, uh, and this is the call of the church of Jesus Christ. This thing was formed not to simply look beautiful, not to simply uh, take up a space. There was a bare wall in the tabernacle, and so they needed a piece of furniture to, to stick there so it would you know, look nice. <coughs> This was there, and it had a purpose, and its function was to bring light to the tabernacle. Amen. And uh, so let's let's go on. This this candlestick brought light to something we want to look at this morning: the table of showbread. Okay, let's just quickly refresh our memories. We've got a, a brazen altar. We've got a brazen laver. Then we have the tabernacle proper. We have the uh, holy place here. And then the holy of holies here. As we enter on this side, we have our golden candlestick. Then uh, here we have the golden altar of incense. And here we have the table of showbread. Uh, and in here, of course, we have the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat. We're going to look at the table of showbread this morning. We want someone to read us Exodus chapter 25, verses 23 through 40. Exodus 25, 23 through 40, Bill Bancroft, and, well, uh, and someone, Leviticus 24, 5 through 10, uh, Mick Woodcock. Could you go ahead and read that, Bill? Okay. That, that's good. Thanks. Uh, uh, then Leviticus chapter 24. Okay, praise the Lord. So we're talking about the table of showbread. So really we're, we're going to be talking about two different things. We have the table itself on which we find the showbread. And then we have the showbread itself. And both of these have 
tremendous significance. So we first want to look at the table. And this table is acacia wood and is overlaid with gold. And so uh, what are some of the, what perhaps is significance that we can derive from this already as from other things that we've talked about when we've got acacia wood overlaid with gold. Sister? Okay, we have acacia wood, which we've seen as a picture of man. And then we have gold, which is always a picture of divinity. And so the man and God joined together. We could perhaps have a, a picture here of the Lord Jesus uh, as uh, that is uh, described here. The other possibility that we have and we've looked at before is that perhaps we also have a picture of the church, which again is the joining of humanity and divinity. That you and I are, are the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. The significance of body is that Jesus is the head, the divinity, and we as uh, the human element are part of that joined together to be the church. We have that uh, uh, picture that is given to us. Uh, and so it could be a picture of Jesus and it could be a description to us of the church. And we're going to approach it and uh, we believe that it would be a best studied in light of the fact that it is the church itself because I believe the picture of Jesus is really in the showbread itself. You'll find uh, that the showbread is a picture uh, far more completely of Jesus and that this uh, the table itself is uh, more appropriately a picture of the church of Jesus Christ. So it is two cubits wide. That's three feet wide. It's uh, a one, uh, one cubit long, a foot and a half long, and it's a cubit and a half high or two feet and three inches in height. At this point, we do have a little bit of a difficulty with this crown and, and border uh, thing that we have here. Uh, it's pictured a number of different ways by the artists that, uh, that design it. Uh, we have a, a table that is, uh, that is here. Some artists picture the, the first uh, crown. This is like a, uh, a, the border around here with another crown inside like this and then the showbread itself that is uh, in resting in this and that the utensils many believe uh, you know all the the spoons and the other things that the utensils are kept in this other uh, border so looking down on top of it you would have a, a the first crown that uh, goes along the border of the outside and then another one that comes on the inside with the showbread here and the utensils kept in this area here that uh, for what we're involved. And so on these, uh, there we have 
we have gold plates, gold covers, and uh, then upon each of these is uh, sprinkled uh, frankincense. And so we'll, we'll look at the significance of that later. We have uh, perhaps uh, here uh, a border that is a hand breadth, that's four and a half inches, and here that hang off the rings off of each corner, and just like uh, you know, with the altar, the other things that the staves pass through the rings, one on either side, and that's how the thing is carried. And so this is our uh, this is our picture then of the table uh, of showbread uh, that is there. There are twelve loaves of showbread. Uh, they are in two lines of six and uh, made out of fine flour. Uh, that we have pictured there. Okay, and so uh, they are made, the uh, loaves are made out of uh, two uh, tenth deals. Two tenth, I guess one tenth deals of flour, which has significance in that each loaf is uh, two servings. It'll serve two. Normal man, I guess, at a given meal would have uh, the amount of one-tenth deal of flour, but these are two. There are two rows, as we said, six loaves in each, and uh, then the frankincense that is on the top, and th these are made out of fine flour, and we said the frankincense that is sprinkled on the top. Every Sabbath, the priests would go in. They would replace the old uh, bread with new bread. And then the priests would eat that bread together. They would uh, be together standing at the table of showbread and uh, consume the bread that was thereon. And uh, many believe that the frankincense that was at the t on the top was then taken and placed on the golden altar and burned on the altar of incense. But let's look at the, some application. These are just figures and, and things for us to, uh, to know exactly what we're looking at. But let's look a little bit about how this comes down to where we live and how we live. Amen. Now we could perhaps say that the two crowns of the uh, table of showbread, if we would look at those as a, as a picture of Jesus, could be his crown of glory and his crown of thorns, that those two crowns uh, are there to, um, uh, that are significant of the life of the Lord Jesus. But also, uh, I, I think we, we would do better to talk about the table as the table it relates to the church. And so we have two crowns, two crowns that, well, what are, what are crowns significant of? What, are, what, are, what do you have crowns for? What, are, what good are crowns? Sister Lazak? Okay, there's a royalty could be there. Uh, Louis? Okay, reward. Anyone else? Authority? Good. 
And any other things that we have for crowns? Brother? Glory. Okay. Now, there are, uh, there are two crowns that are there, two pictures of the church of Jesus Christ. And I believe that they speak of this royalty and authority have the same idea. This is because you're royal, you have authority. But I believe that it, we're talking about especially these two things. That the church of Jesus Christ has, uh, has been invested with authority. All uh, power or literally all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye and uh, teach all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, uh, that there is an investing. Jesus says, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. There is an authority that is given to the church of Jesus Christ, and there is a glory that is imparted to the church of Jesus Christ as being the people of the living God. And so this, uh, this table with its two crowns will hold up the showbread, which we'll see as a picture of Jesus Christ. And so we have the church with its glory, its authority as the platform of presenting Jesus Christ. We have the table of showbread, the table a picture of the church, the showbread a picture of Jesus, uh, uh, the church, the platform for presenting Jesus Christ uh, to the world, a platform of uplifting and uh, bringing uh, attention uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll see that this is a basis for fellowship. The table of showbread is a picture of fellowship. They fellowshiped at the table of showbread together. They ate together. Each loaf was not just one guy take his loaf uh, and uh, eat it by himself. It had to be shared. There were two rows of loaves, uh, a picture again of, uh, of fellowship that is there. And so this is a, the table of showbread is a picture of fellowship. But one of the first uh, things that we need to see is that fellowship and the fellowship that we enjoy comes around uh, and is, uh, has significance. And the platform of that is presenting Jesus Christ. That we enjoy, the reason that we can have fellowship, there's a principle behind our fellowship that gives our fellowship a, a significance, and that is that we're presenting Jesus Christ to the world. Without that, then our fellowship loses significance. Our fellowship goes into the superficial, it goes into the sloppy agape, it goes into the uh, areas uh, of uh, superficial spirituality. But when you and I are, uh, the basis of our fellowship uh, is our involvement in presenting Jesus Christ to the earth, uh, then that gives our fellowship tremendous significance. Amen. This will again become clear to us as we see that the showbread is a picture of the Lord Jesus. The word uh, for, the word showbread 
literally means the bread of faces or the bread of the presence. So we're talking about something that has to do with a, a person. We're talking about something that has to do with the presence of God. And so this is a picture of Jesus Christ. Let's look at John uh, chapter 6. If somebody could find that for us. Rob, uh, I'm sorry, Bob. John 6, 32, 33, 51, and 53. I'll give those to you again. Luke 22, 19. The word for the cakes itself is a Hebrew word, kalof, which has a picture in, in the word itself of pierced or wounded or, uh, or punctured. So we have in this word for bread, for the cakes, there is the thought of being punctured, wounded, or pierced. And so you don't picture that on this table of showbread is a bunch of uh, uh, sunbeam bread uh, that is just uh, lying there uh, ready to be eaten. Our picture would much better be, uh, if you've ever seen uh, matzos or, uh, th that are uh, pressed together, they're pierced through with holes, or a saltine cracker, if you're not kosher here this morning, something like that, that had, uh, had it's pierced through, uh, they're brittle, these, these are unleavened cakes, they're made with uh, a fine flour. And so that is the picture that we have. There are many pictures that you see of the table of showbread. These nice big loaves look like mom just pulled them out of the oven. And uh, uh, that's not what we're talking about here. These are uh, unleavened cakes. Amen. Okay, let's look at these scriptures. The bread, uh, the showbread is the picture of the Lord Jesus. John 6, 32, 33, 51, and 53. 31. I'm sorry, 32. You got it? Okay, so here Jesus picture uh, saying, I am the bread from heaven. I, uh, he has an identity that he presents to them as bread. And uh, this, is, uh, this is the picture that we, we pick up here. Luke 22, 19. Did I give somebody Luke twenty two nineteen? Great. Okay. Who will take uh, Louis? And while he's finding that, somebody find me Mark fifteen fifteen. Ben, uh, Ron Gandalfo, Matthew twenty seven twenty nine. Somebody Luke twenty three thirty three. Uh, Bill Bancroft, uh, George Shields, uh, John nineteen thirty four. Psalm twenty two sixteen. Uh, Mike Elsis, and then Morgan Wirtis, Zechariah twelve ten. You have that Luke twenty two nineteen. Okay, again, Jesus describing himself, giving us the uh, picture of himself that has to do with bread. Uh, so, we want to look at this picture of the bread pierced. It's not just a few uh, loaves of sunbeam that are here. This is uh, something significant that is there in the presentation of this loaf. Mark fifteen fifteen. Okay, when he had scourged him to be crucified. Matthew 27, 29. Okay, Luke 23, 33. 
Okay, we have him scourged. We have the crown of thorns. We have the crucifixion itself with the, uh, with the nails that are there. What's the next one? Uh, John 19:34. Okay, here's Jesus pierced for our sin. We have him scourged, the cat of nine tails, whip that had pieces of bone and metal uh, attached to the end uh, that they gave him 40 uh, save one stripes uh, until he was uh, just about unconscious. The crown of thorns that was uh, just shoved onto his brow, not little thorns like little roses. These are uh, thorns that were as long as an inch to an inch and a half long. That were, that were pierced into his brow, the nails, the spikes that were driven to, into his hands, and finally, the spear that was thrust into his side. Psalm 22, 16. Okay, they pierced my hands and my feet. Zechariah 12, 10, prophetic verse that we have there. Who found that for us? Okay, powerful messianic verse, not only for in the initial fulfillment of Jesus' first coming, but also in his second coming. When the Messiah comes, this is, for any Jew, this is a difficult thing for them to come to grips with, that when the Messiah comes, he's going to be someone who they have pierced. That when he comes, they're going to see that there are nail scars in his hands and in his feet. There's a, there's a, there's a hole in his side. And they're going to look upon him and they're going to see the one that, that they pierced and they're going to mourn as for their only son, someone that was born out of their family. And so this is the picture here. The, so we have the bread that was pierced and we also have the fact that it was made out of fine flour. This is significant. It's not just any old flour. This is fine flour that is a picture of Jesus' flawless character. This is a picture, again, of his righteousness, of his purity. And we find this in a number of scriptures we need to look at. Luke 23, 4. Uh, Brother Bernier, Brother Bronson, uh, Matthew 27, 4 and 19. Dennis, Luke 23, 41 and 47, Matthew 17, 5, Rod, and Hebrews 7, 26, Ron Gandolfo. Okay, fine flour. These cakes are made out of flawless, pure, finely ground flour. They were uh, pictures of purity, sinlessness, flawlessness of character. Uh, Luke 23, 4. Okay, I find no fault. This is the declaration of Pontius Pilate. Matthew 27, 4 and 19. 